Welcome to the May the Smoke Be With You podcast. And now here's your host, Joe Levitt. Hey guys, welcome into this episode of the May the Smoke Be With You podcast. You know, today I am uh, I'm joined by a guy who, honestly, if, if, if I'm being honest, uh, which is what honestly means, uh, you know, I didn't know if this would ever happen. Uh, we met at the uh, at the Primo Bash in Poplar Bluff, Missouri, uh, and we kind of made our first connection there. We had a phone call, hit it off, uh, and then we're like, we're going to do this podcast, and then things just kept happening. My schedule, I had to change. His schedule, he had to change. He had an electrical thing that is at his shop that he had to go take care of. Today, it was just like technological, like nightmare trying to get us all together, but here we are, finally together on the podcast, and I couldn't be happier. Our guest today uh, is is a man of many talents and is super busy. And the fact that he's here is, is fantastic. Um, he is owner of grill and provisions in Tampa, Florida, and he also runs the brisket shop in Tampa, Florida. And I know if you're like me, if you think about barbecue and you think about, uh, barbecue places in the country, Tampa doesn't come to the top of your mind, <laughs> but let me tell you from experience, I've had this guy's brisket and it is unbelievable. And I am thrilled to have him as a guest today on the podcast. Please welcome in Danny Hernandez. Hey, Danny, how are you? Joe, I'm doing great, bro. Again, it was Interstellar, right? What, what was it? What was it? What you were, uh, oh, yeah. Was it I was, other uh, interventions this, today? Yeah, this morning it was just crazy. I was like, "You, what, we, this is crazy. Like, uh, There's spiritual warfare happening here. We just can't make it happen. Uh, 2.20 in the afternoon, our phones went off. We, we had sirens going off. We've had this cloud over the city of Tampa, believe me. And it wasn't smoke oh, either. Really? Uh, okay. Morning, supposedly the Canadian fires created. So I woke up yesterday looking up at the sun. I was like, what is going on? Like it's a solar eclipse or something. Like I guess it's from the Canadian fires. There's been this smoke that has traveled through and uh, over Tampa. So believe me, regardless, we are here and I'm ecstatic. So I appreciate you taking the time, Joe. And uh, let's talk barbecue. I love it. Absolutely. Well, one thing I love to do when I get somebody on the podcast is really just kind of find out their origin story, like how you got to this point. And I believe yours is is unique in, in a few ways. We had a very brief kind of conversation about this where I heard a little bit of your history, uh, but it, it goes back to you as a youth. So tell me like where, where what was food like to you growing up? Because you grew up in a food family. We were, um, my brother and I, Raymond Hernandez and myself, we're, we're super blessed, born to uh, Cuban parents, Cuban immigrants, I was, Raymond was born in Cuba. I was born in Chicago, first American born of our family, born in Chicago and migrated from Chicago to Tampa, Florida. And little did I know, or even did my dad know that he was going to end up in the restaurant business because coming out of an accountant background in Cuba, revolution happens, becomes a political prisoner, grandfather sentenced to life in Cuba as a political prisoner. Oh, wow. Like, I mean, you can go on and on. You can't make this stuff up. All that said, dad ends up in 1975 in Tampa, Florida with a partner that owns a Chinese Cantonese restaurant called the Golden Dragon. Tells my dad, hey, man, you can't live in Chicago. It's too cold for any damn Cuban. Move down here. <laughs> We're at palm trees and beaches and you guys sort of fit in. And before you know it, dad learns how to cook. And we grow up in this Cantonese ch kitchen. So I'm talking about four or five years old running around. My brother, who's older than I am, feel bad for that dude because he had to wash dishes. <laughs> he learned how to make a hundred different Cantonese dishes. 
And he's turned out to be an amazing chef and restaurateur in his own right. But that was the start of it, man. So we were born in a kitchen, raised in a kitchen. It was nowhere near where we thought the kind of kitchen we were going to have or by no means where we ended up today. So believe me, God's hand has been in it at every turn and um, couldn't be more ecstatic with where we're at today. So uh, a Cuban family cooking Cantonese in Tampa. In Tampa, Florida. So from there, it takes a wild twist and a turn. And dad says, hey, you know what? We're going to sever the partnership and we're going to move on our own way. And dad opens up in 1979 in Tampa, Florida. Concept called Pipo's Cuban Cafe. Pipo's Cuban Cafe is the first cafeteria style run Cuban joint in Tampa, Florida, where you literally can walk in and see five proteins and three soups and eight sides and four rices. And you can order roast pork. And believe me, we've been roasting pork and whole hogs since we were eight, nine years old. Thousands of pounds of mojo pork later with rice and beans as a classic with Cuban bread and you get a free iced tea. And still today, a lot of those joints still offer you a free iced tea. Um, wow. So literally that was in 79 and uh, mom and dad sold that shop probably almost 10 years ago now and retired. And um, my brother still owns a Pipo's over in the St. Pete side. And after I owned three or four of those, I got into the barbecue. And I uh, got bit by the barbecue bug, and that's sort of the beginning of the barbecue story. So what what uh, you said you were kind of cooking whole hog. Uh, were you guys smoking the pork for for peepos as well, or we was roasted it... for for peepos? It's it was pretty cool because we learned how to roast whole peniles, which is what we refer to, which is also heard of. You've heard of it called a green ham, right? It's that okay. hind quarter yeah. of a hog. And 20 to 2 to 25 pounds, short shank, you would bevel the pork, the, the skin and make pork rinds and make pork fat. And that pork fat, you would use it for everything and anything. Mm. Um, so we learned very, very young that you use that hog from snout to tail um, and everything in between it. But that being said, we were using deck ovens, believe it or not, big blodget pizza deck ovens. Oh, wow. And you were roasting 30 or 40 pendilas at night overnight. So, but then the art of barbecue came in, sort of had a desire to always be in the woods and hunting. And all of our family was just really in touch with that whole wild, I call it the redneck side of the Cuban. Um, and you couldn't go hunting without roasting something. Acajachina was really prevalent. I mean, Christmas Eve, every holiday was all about a whole hog. So we had a lot of experience in that. And, um, that sort of led to, hey, we should try out this whole barbecue tour and this whole KCBS thing. And what's that all about? And Florida Barbecue Association. Um, so, again, I owned, at the time, I owned probably four or five units that were all Cuban uh, between my brother and I. And um, there was sort of a moment there where I was like, I'm going to try something a little bit different. And that little different was barbecue. Okay. So, uh you started in now, did you start kind of backyard pitmaster, and you were just like experimenting or did you just say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to leave this Cuban concept, sell this off. And I'm going to just, I'm going to go open a barbecue joint. Joe is a real leap of faith because <laughs> it, it, no, it, it truly was the, at the time I was dating my girlfriend, my, my girlfriend at the time, it turned out to be the mother of my two daughters and my wife of 15 years now. And oh, congrats. I, told her, I said, listen, 
I'm, I'm over this whole Cuban thing. I've owned five restaurants. Um, I've opened up multiple. Uh, we had spots in food courts across the state. I had one in Florida Mall in Orlando. Um, doing incredibly well, but I'm not going to say the passion wasn't there. The passion was always in the kitchen, but just what we, the product we were putting out and just Cuban food as a whole was oversaturated. My brother was doing a great job. I said, you know what? Let's go ahead and part ways. I'm going to try something different, especially at this location, which mm-hmm. ironically, that location is three blocks away from dad's original Chinese restaurant in Tampa. Florida. Oh, wow. So we literally, when I say that we have spent 45 years within a four block area, it's like deja vu every single day. It's Groundhog Day in my life. Yeah. It's, it, you're, you're driving the same streets. Oh, and, all day yeah. long, but it's a lot, a lot of fun. The, um, and I literally came to Allison at the time and I said, listen, I'm going to try something different because I'm tired of having to give away Cuban coffee and I'm tired of making a shitty, mediocre Cuban sandwich. If I can't make the best, if I can't use the best of the best products, I'm going to try something different. There's mm-hmm. a massive niche or a void in Tampa for barbecue. So that's the birth of Holy Hog Barbecue. And that was 15 years ago. And I called up a buddy of mine. Hey, man, I need a truck. I need a, uh, a, a circular saw and pick up a bunch of one by sixes. And we're going to change the sign on the restaurant. We literally took down Peepo's that day. By the end of the day, all you did was look up at the restaurant. There was a BBQ on the building. And that's all it said. Wow. That is all it said. Um, well, what are we going to name it? I was like, man, I have no idea. Like, holy shit, we're in the barbecue business. Well, guess what? <laughs> holy hog stuck. And it was really, really fast. Um, we opened up a week later and sort of, you know, six restaurants later, over a hundred employees and catering operation, a couple units in, uh, Amelie arena. And, um, then comes COVID and all the ah. stuff. So, and that's sort of prior to the brisket shop, but the brisket shop so, is so the of all of it. Did your customers wonder if you'd lost your mind? Like, you know, you were just one day, they just, it was closed and there was one by six up and, and, you know, barbecue up there that were there. Like, what is happening here? Joe, it was a pretty nice barbecue sign though. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I could say that. Though. You were pretty proud of yourself. I, I got to give some credit to Jimmy. Uh, he did a pretty damn good job on that barbecue sign. But that being said, um, yes, there, there was definitely that reception of like, man, what is this? This guy's lost his mind, but there was nobody doing it in Tampa. And I had been competing a little bit in KCBS and had a couple of FEC 100s, Fast Eddies. And um, we were putting out some decent brisket and then some decent pork. And before you know it, hey, let's open up. At the time, it was crazy because at the time, Creative Loafing, which is our local entertainment magazine here in Tampa, they've got a couple franchises across the South, um, would do this Best of the Bay thing. And I always remember like Best of the Bay back, I'm, I'm going back what 1990 not 90 95 what am i thinking 2000 what year are we were 2023 2005 more or less or 2008 you go back and creative loafing was doing a barbecue competition best of the bay and it was tampa versus pinellas all we have is three bridges that span from the beaches all the way to tampa airport and mm-hmm. where the bucks play to where the um the uh baseball team and um devil race where tampa bay race play at unfortunately they just lost that t- today um yeah they're out of the playoffs not good 
Um, the, oh, it's done. I, I, I thought it yeah. just started. No, it was wild card. It was wild card. It was best of three, and they lost the first two games to Texas. Oh, golly. There's a whole wow. lot of Texans are pretty ecstatic right now. Yeah. Um, the Back in the day, there was probably 10 or 15 barbecue joints on either side of the city, and that was it. Mm. That was it. They were all one-offs. It was all Jazzy's. It was Jimbo's. It was BJ's. It was one pit master, one restaurant. That was it. Mm-hmm. On this side of the bay and that side of the bay. We ended up winning Best of the Bay multiple years, and that's all great. We, we know all about those awards and how they work. Um, the reality is, the big revelation is, man, no one's really gone multi-unit in Tampa. So I will tell you that thanks to Fast Eddie's fitting under commercial hoods and hadn't really discovered a Southern Pride at the time mm-hmm. or, or an old Hickory, We ended up opening up multiple units in Tampa, Florida, putting out what at the time we thought was really good barbecue and multiple awards and a lot of barbecue being sold. But drum roll, there was a trip to Austin, Texas, and that happened in 2020. So that happened in 2020 because you kind of, you know, part of the the journey of of Holy Hogs was COVID kind of happened, changed the business overall, but in the midst of that, you make this kind of pilgrimage, I guess, to Austin, and and you you I think it, you used the words in our phone conversation that it it changed your your world, like it. You could you you could bring you could blame it all on Evan Leroy, Evan Leroy, okay, at Leroy and Lewis. Um, it was a couple of days in one of their barbecue use and in the kitchen hanging out with those guys, and it was all. You sort of had me at hello with that damn beef cheek. Uh, I mean, mm. a bite of that beef cheek. I mean, my wife looked at me like, are you all right? I'm like, I just need you to look away right now. <laughs> I mean, it was that moment. It was pretty killer. Um, and at, at the point, I think the true, the reality was you sold a lot of barbecue, but are you really 100% convinced that you sold the best barbecue you possibly could have? Well, mm. I'll, I'll say that with the knowledge that we had at the moment, and not knowing what you don't know, yeah, it was damn good barbecue. Um, but again, after the first three days of being in Austin and being able to visit the guys like the Bates of the world at Interstellar and La Barbecue, mm-hmm. and it was just, I mean, there was a couple of those joints that were just eye-opening, sort of that revelation moment of like, man, your barbecue is pretty mediocre in comparison. Um and that's sort of what spurs that. I think that's what spurs that craftiness where, you know, what if you're truly going to be a craftsman and you're going to master that craft or you're going to be considered one of the best and you're going to honor that craft, uh, you got a lot of work to do. And yeah. that's what's been so much fun the last three years because that's truly what it's been. So so what was that transition then between you go to go to Texas, you have your eyes opened. At that point, was Holy Hog still open or had you had you already kind of transitioned out of that joe that- a couple units had been sold already there was a franchise partner that that relationship went south um mm-hmm. i had had a big accident in 2019 where i'd blown up on a food truck um okay so that sort of sidelined me to where i was at home Dealing like a literal explosion explosion on a food truck where I was literally ICU 10 days and 
didn't know if I was going to walk again, skin grafts, arms. Oh, my word. Um, And that sort of gave me a lot of time to be at home. And I will tell you, as I'm wearing a Primo, greatest ceramic grill in the world made in the USA, I spent a lot of time in front of my big green egg at home. Uh, That's what I had at the time. And um, out of that was the birth of Grill and Provisions because we owned this building on Armenia, which is three blocks away from where we grew up at. Um, it's got a 1500 square foot kitchen in the back. It's got this great space. I'm like, man, what are we really going to do if I can't walk into a kitchen and cook again? Well, let's figure it out. Let's, let's go ahead and open up a grill store where mm. we can educate, we can create community. We could use that tool as a vehicle. We can grill and cook for a cause and I'm not necessarily in the kitchen, but I'm working my way back. So okay. hence grilling provisions is born. Well, before you know it, I'm like, man, I've really got a hankering to get back into barbecue and it's not holy hog that the passion where the passion lies. Let's do something real, real simple. Let's keep it one day a week and let's open up something that's dedicated to brisket. One man, one pit, yep. limited amount of employees, limited amount of hours, sell it out and close the doors. And there's the birth of the brisket shop. It starts as one day a week. As we know, it grows to two days a week. Well, holy shit, we got a lot of trim, a lot of brisket, got to get rid of some burgers. Let's open up a third day. Let's make it burgers only. Well, no one goes to the brisket shop to just eat a burger. We want to eat some brisket. So as of right now, fast forward, we're open three days a week, Thursday through Saturday, open at 11 a.m. And we are blessed to sell out usually around four o'clock or so. That's amazing. Yeah. It's been quite the story, quite the journey. As you, as you look back at that, uh, Texas trip, uh, what do you think was the difference between what you were doing and what you now do? Like what was, what took it from just mediocre to the brisket shop for you? Joe, the, uh, I'm a, OCD type, compulsive, obsessive. I I really am. I mean, the attention to detail is just huge. And if barbecue doesn't define that good barbecue, if that, if good barbecue doesn't define that, just the science of a fire, uh, the science of a rub. I I mean, I love hearing what's just 16 mesh pepper. Yeah, that's fine. So it is a 16 mesh pepper and find some kosher salt. You'll be all right. Uh, mm-hmm. The reality is there's so much science and so much attention. And by no means am I here telling you that we perfected it because we, we, we learn every day. I, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly yeah. thirsting for knowledge. Um, I've got a bigger appetite for knowledge than I've ever had. Um, again, I, w- I wouldn't be having these kind of conversations with you if I didn't think I was going to learn something, right? So I think every day is an opportunity. And that's, that's probably the most thrilling, sexy part about barbecue is that I don't think you ever stop learning. And at Holy Hog, unfortunately, we sort of stopped learning. Um, You had systems and processes, and this is what you, this is how you cook a a pork butt, and this is what you do. You season, you trim this, and you just, everything's kind of autopilot, copy and paste. SOP and clipboards and regard, I mean, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And I I hate to say it, and I think that's why it's so hard to replicate what we're doing, because you have to have a massive, massive passion. Like I said, we're not the smartest guys. By no means are we the smartest tool in that or the sharpest tool in that in that toolbox. But I guarantee you, we usually outwork most of our peers. Uh, we put in the long hours. We don't press any buttons. We don't cut any corners. 
And I think that was the greatest takeaway. These guys that were true craftsmen that had mastered their craft, that that product, the product spoke for itself. It, it was real, real simple. It, it didn't need a whole lot of garnish. It didn't need a whole lot of jazz. It was simply the product, a beef cheek. Take a bite of that beef cheek. And if it's not the best bite you've had, then something's wrong. And Evan wants to hear about it. And, and that was the greatest takeaway. Yeah, I, I think there's... As you look at a lot of the Texas uh, barbecue operations, there's there's not a lot of multi-unit guys out there. Um, you know, there there's a, there's a handful that have multiple locations, but I think there is something that's lost because you can't replicate that passion piece. You can't, Tough. you know, you know, Aaron Franklin could probably open up thirty Franklin barbecue units tomorrow if he really wanted to i'm sure yeah. you know just based yeah. just based on the name somebody would back it oh 100. somebody would be like yeah like let me give you the money let's go open this but it's no there's there's you lose something when you start to do that you you dilute that talent pool you dilute the guy that you've trained that's just, that can stand in that pit if you're not there whatever it is uh, i think that's something that the the guys in texas i mean to your to your point they are they are masters of the craft they care deeply there's a passion that just cannot be translated when you start to to franchise and you put out five, 10, 15, 20 units and you get real famous, you know? Uh, and it's just, there's, there's a difference in that product. The, pro- the product has to suffer. And I mean, I, I say that coming from Tampa and Lord knows there've been some amazing one-offs that have become national franchises. I mean, we are the home of Outback and the home yeah. of Checkers. And the reality is a ton of respect to all of those guys. Uh, Tampa is yeah. an incubator for national concepts and franchises and multi-units. Um, I think as soon as we opened up, by the time we opened up our second store, maybe the third location for Holy Hog, all of a sudden we started hearing rumble of Mission. Um, Mission started yeah. working its way down from Baltimore, down that eastern coast. Before you know it, by the time I had opened up my third store, I think I had John Rivers standing in front of me from Four Rivers. Uh, nothing mm-hmm. but a class act and wish those guys all the best. Yeah. Um, you know, Sonny's had, has made a resurgence now in Tampa. Um, we've got Mighty Quinn's all of a sudden that came from New York just because you're from New York. I guess you know barbecue. Um, yeah. <laughs> the reality is I wish everybody the best. They work hard. Everybody that works hard. We've got a bunch of great independents locally. And I'll say it out loud. I, I mean, from a few trips to Texas and understanding a little bit more about the barbecue culture, that exist out there. I, I really do wish and desire that we had more of that in Florida, more of that camaraderie, more of us mm. really breaking bread together and talking shop and having these conversations about barbecue and, you know, whether it's over a bourbon or a cup of coffee in front of that pie, uh, in front of that pit, that needs to happen. Cause I think that all it does is simply it, it elevates that conversation of barbecue. And with that comes better product. And I think it's, it's just generational, right? I mean, in Texas, it's, they had that kind of head start with, you know, Oak and Fire well, well before, you know, you did in, in Florida or others did. Um, and, and I think there's just, there's, and now there's, there's an attraction. You know, I just talked to a guy who moved from California, fell in love with barbecue, moved to, to Texas to literally just learn barbecue and, and work in barbecue restaurants and 
Uh, he's at Hurtado's and he cooks briskets every single day at, Hurt- at Hurtado's. And he's, um, you know, he's two, two and a half, three years into this journey, but he is like, you look at his stuff and it's just, it's stunning. You know, the barks mm. that, that this guy's producing, it's, it's amazing. We had a conversation. I'd be interested to hear your take. Like, what do you, do you consider yourself a pit master? 100%. Okay. I mean, and what, what do you think? When do you think you have the right to call yourself a pit master? I don't know that it's, it's definitely not an award. It's not an accolade. It's not something that you've heard from your customer. It's the reality that you have mastered. You have dominated that pit. You have mastered that fire to put out the best possible brisket that you could put out that day. Mm-hmm. And it becomes, I mean, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Sure. Yeah, yeah. The, the reality is where you're starting to see consistency and you're starting to see improvements. And all of a sudden, it's the minor, the minor adjustments here that create big benefits at the end where you're like, I get it. You're sort of, yeah. it's, it's all of a sudden that math equation clicks. I understand that concept. And that's where we're at. And again, it's, it hasn't been, Hey, we just picked up barbecue a year ago or three years ago on a trip to Austin. No, you've been, you've been barbecuing a long, long time. You've been in a kitchen Mm -hmm. a long, long time. Uh, You spent your entire life in a kitchen, but this art of a thousand gallon pit and wood and not pushing a button, Mm -hmm. it's going to take a little time. And guess what, where we're at, do I consider myself a pit master? 100%. I mean, if you're the guy that's lighting up the fire and you're the guy that's cooking a brisket, all that, I don't obviously don't do it by myself. We've got a couple guys back there that do an amazing job. I've got a hell of a team in the kitchen. Um, so it's definitely an act of love for an entire crew that puts out that product that the brisket shop's putting out today. I love that. I, I, I agree. I think it's a, uh, I, I wasn't questioning if you're a pit master, by the way. I just want to be clear. No, 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 no. You, you're, you're a pit master. I, I totally understand it. Um, yeah, I think I think it's I think it's an accolade. I think it's something that's thrown around a little too loosely and claimed by those who may not deserve it. Uh, in the same way that I, I'm I'm an aficionado. Like that's that's where that's where I'm at, um, and that's 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 a level that I'm I I by no means would ever try to classify myself as a, as a pit master. Uh, I am, I'm a, an enthusiast and aficionado, uh, and I am constantly learning and trying to, to do that. But I think there's some that just claim it maybe a little too early, uh, in their, yeah. in their journeys. Joe, I'll be honest with you. I'd have a harder time calling myself a chef. Um, yeah, there, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good point. The guy that wants to wear a white toque and, and the white chef coat guys, that's not me. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I spend a good portion of my day in front of a fire in the kitchen, getting dirty, whether it's trimming the brisket or it's tending to that fire. The reality is that that trophy at the end of the day, that biggest admiration is that brisket, that perfect bark, that perfect slice. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you get some gratification from a customer that says, Hey man, that could be some of the best brisket I've ever had. And maybe it's outside of Texas or you know what? I'd sort of put it up there with some of the guys that I've had or the guy that says, man, I don't really know any brisket, and he'll tell you, he goes, I'm, I'm just a Florida boy. Well, guess what? If you grew up eating Sonny's, you probably don't know brisket. And right. that's no offense to Sonny's, but the reality is 
you, you, you need to sort of expand your horizons a little bit to really understand the craft and where it comes from. Like you said it best, it's part of the DNA. It's in the blood. I mean, we grew up with espresso mm-hmm. and guavas, right? Um, <laughs> and post oak is, is it's Texas. I mean, that's, an, that's another question we get on the daily. Hey, are you guys running post oak? Uh, let's not let's not let's not exaggerate the truth. I mean, there's no way post oak isn't prevalent in Tampa Bay. So I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sitting here and lying to you. Yeah. What 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 are you guys running then? We typically, run oak and it's everything from live oak to green oak to whatever kind of oak exists, you can get is yeah. indigenous to us in the area. But it is definitely not post oak. I mean, the guy yeah. that says oh, I'm flying post oak from all across the country into Tampa, Florida, I don't buy that one. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you would. Uh, I mean, you could do it. It would. It would have to be really cost prohibitive. Say, uh, and t- expensive as it is, I can't. Yeah, take that twenty five dollars. Uh, you know, for a for a half pound. Is that where we're at? Uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, right. It, let's let's pray it doesn't get that bad. Uh, it's tough enough getting people in the door right now. Yeah, uh, but it would just it would raise those prices uh, like crazy. So, um, you do, uh, and and I said this earlier. The brisket that I had at that Primo Bash was was amazing, Appreciate and I know. Um, just, just, you had a day of challenges there. It wasn't, the cook didn't go exactly, I think, as you planned and just, just some, some challenges. Uh, and even as I said that there was, there was a reaction and it wasn't, I didn't take it as like, uh, this kind of false humility or like, oh, oh, whatever. But I I could tell that there was, there was something that was like, thank you. But you really were like, this isn't, this isn't my best. Like there was, there was like this, you, you know, you know, you, and sometimes it's like you playing golf with a guy and he just smacks it like 280 down the center. And he's like, that was, Oh dude, you crushed it. He's like, well, I, I kind of missed it on the heel a little, you know, you're like, no, like you freaking it crushed bad. it. Right. But I mean, it was, it was, it was fantastic. But I think there was something about it. It was just like, Hey, I appreciate that. It's if you came to my shop, it's not what you would get. You'd get a little different product. Uh, yeah, this was, this bad. wasn't, wasn't my best. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the shop. You kind of mentioned it a little bit, uh, but I definitely want want people to know, like, what if they come into grill and provisions, what are they going to find? The I'll tell you what I hope they find. Okay, the I hope they find probably the most unique barbecue experience, definitely in the area, and I, I can't say outside of the state because I really don't know. I know there's some great barbecue grill shops in Texas. And I'm sure there's some others in the South that I'm not aware of, but I know that for in our area, if you walk into the local pool store that's selling you a ceramic grill, uh, they're going to ask you about the chlorine in your pool. Hey, I want to check that out. Um, you know, you walk into the local hardware that wants to sell you a grill, he's going to sell you some paint and possibly some screws. Yeah. Um, the reality is we are a dedicated grill store titled Grill and Provisions. We are a live fire emporium. I want you to walk in. If you don't have a grill, Lord knows we've got a Primo for you. We've got five lines of gas grills. We've got two lines of pizza ovens. We build custom outdoor kitchens and all the provisions are there with this. So if whether you bought a green egg from us three years ago at an egg fest or you're about to buy a Primo coming from our barbecue love fest or you already have that and all you need is fuel, I want you to leave with a bag of charcoal a rub, a sauce. Oh, and by the way, a certified Angus beef prime raw brisket coming out of our cooler or a beautiful ribeye coming out of our dry ager along with a bottle of Camus. Nice. Right. So in other words, you got no reason to go anywhere else to have an amazing meal coming off of a live fire grill. And that happens Tuesday through Saturday. 
then what makes it a lot of fun is that we are probably the most cooking barbecue store in the city because at all times the smoker is lit. At all times, you can walk into the back of our shop. There's a couple primos. And it's a real simple question. Hey, Joe, if you pulled off a one-way street that we're on in the middle of a Latin neighborhood a mile away from Tampa Stadium, if you pulled into my shop, it's probably because you've got an issue or a hankering or you're thinking about what you're cooking tonight. And it's a real simple question. Hey, what are you cooking? Yeah. And from there, it leads to, well, what are you cooking it on? Mm. And by the end of the day, if I don't have the answer, I'm no expert by no means. Um, I want to have that conversation. Hey, I'm doing a beautiful tri-tip and I was thinking about making a chimichurri. Really, bro, you need to try. You need to try Al Fragoni's chimichurri. Yeah, absolutely, you do. Yep. All day long. And, and that's really what we hopefully, that's what we can accomplish, I hope, at the store where you come in, you leave with a little more education than you got, came in with. Yep. We answered your knowledge or your quest for your, your question better said, and we've got the products to make your cook that much better. Yeah. If you show up on a Thursday, Friday or Saturday, odds are I'm going to put a slice of brisket in your hands. You're going to try a slice of brisket or you're going to have lunch with me and then buy a bag of charcoal. Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. Uh, I would, I would like to do all that, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, which, uh, which I think is, is a great, great segue to, uh, something else because you know you're you're not busy enough danny you don't have enough going on uh you're running this full-time uh full-time grilling shop and and a and an incredible brisket uh you know kitchen uh creating some brisket some burgers uh great menu and then you decided i'm just i i feel like i need to do something else so let's do a barbecue festival and uh and let's call it uh the barbecue love fest um, or love fest, barbecue, what barbecue, love fest, barbecue, love, Bar- fest. barbecue, love fest. Yes, yep. sir. So, so what talk a little bit about the, the birth of this idea and, and why you're crazy enough to do that. Crazy enough. We shall see. We're going to find out how crazy we really are come November 18th, right here in Tampa and Perry Harvey park, downtown Tampa, Florida. The, um, Joe, sort of the backdrop to that or the backstory is, Again, going back to an accident in 2019 and not knowing if you're going to walk again and your, your whole world gets put upside down, hmm. you do realize that all of this and everything around you that is so beautiful and so grand and it's all this can be lost in a second. And it's really that fragile and it's by God's grace that we're all here. And that was probably the greatest takeaway from that accident and a lot of great, great things came out of it. And probably the acknowledgement that I don't really want to ever cook again, just for the hell of cooking. Hmm. And if God has given you this gift and this blessing and this passion that drives you to waking up at four in the morning and throwing the log on a fire and hanging out by a fire for 14 hours, And if that's where his passion in your body has drawn you to, there's got to be more to it than just a P&L. There has to be. And hence, when we opened up Grilling Provisions and we then started with the passion again of barbecue and, hey, we're going to open up a barbecue joint. It's going to be very crafty. It's going to be just a couple days a week. That notion of we're going to do this for a greater cause was never lost. Um, we were a platinum big green egg dealer and there's no denying that. Um, 
and we raised plenty of money in Tampa, Florida for a number of different causes doing their ag fests. And we were doing that for years. Our last, we did that. Think about this. The store opens up, grown provisions opens up late Q3 of 19. Mm. Lord knows what happens come March 20. Yeah. <laughs> March yeah. 2020. Yep. We're still doing ag fest in Tampa, Florida, where a thousand attendees are attending and we're telling them to socially uh, stay distance, socially distance. Uh, be sure you keep two grills away from one another. I mean, that's what we were trying to tell them. Okay. And we were still trying to do the right thing and cooking for a cause. And last year we took a year away. We sort of stepped back because we realized that we were sort of ostracizing a lot of guys that were grilling. I mean, we had a great community at the store of the green guys, but at the same time, there were a lot of guys cooking on Primo's. There was a lot of guys cooking on a Kamado Joe. Mm -hmm. uh, we grew up on a Weber at the beach. Yeah. Um, I, whether it's a gateway. I mean, I don't care what you're cooking on. That's the essence of barbecue love fest. You bring it, you can compete. 20 teams are going to be competing for bragging rights, backyard teams. Um, we're not a KCBS sanctioned event, so I'm not asking you to trim partially. I'm not asking you to do any of that craziness. Right. I'm asking you to put your best barbecue in front of the general public. Uh, we're shooting for around 2,000 to 2,500 guests. Wow. Most excited about, I mean, I love those guys and those guys are competing for bragging rights and there's over $10,000 in cash and prizes on the line. Uh, we've got three amazing causes and I'll tell you more about that, but I'm truly most touched by the barbecue community. And when I say that, I'm referring to guys like Anthony DiBernardo out of Swig and Swine in Charleston, South Carolina. Arnis and Mallory Robbins out of Evie Mays, Adrian Wright out of them two brothers, Mel Miller, um, the uh, Butterknife Shoddy out of Atlanta, Georgia. These are all guys that are quite accomplished, successful, have mm -hmm. families, have businesses that they're running. And when I simply reached out to them and said, hey, listen, you are going to I need your help. I need your yeah. help. I need you to cook. I need you to sample your wares for a 501c3. And you're going to support this cause, which is amazing, called Friedrich's Ataxia Research Alliance, uh, Special Ops Memorial Foundation, and Operation Barbecue Relief. Come on. I mean, literally, the guys were like, what day? When is it? I'm there to support you. So on top of you sampling from those 20 cook teams, you're also going to be able to sample and get to know these amazing pit masters mm -hmm. that are super accomplished and are going to be there cooking their best barbecue. And on top of that, you got a bunch of industry partners. I mean, the love of barbecue is strong and hopefully it shows up and it's going to be here on the 18th of November in Tampa, Florida. And I'm going to put you on the spot, bro. I'm hoping that you're going to be here. No, I am. No, I'm what? absolutely going to be there. Yeah, for, for real. sure. We're going to Yep, we're going to be there. Uh, we're going to set up. We're going to do some some live podcast recordings. We're gonna we're gonna get some of these folks. Uh, I'd love to talk to some of these backyard guys and see see what their their secrets are. Love to give them the opportunity to talk and then uh, just to to be around you, to be around this event, uh, and to and to get to know some of these other these guys that you're bringing in. Uh, these are these are culinary barbecue legends, uh, and and it's going to be a great event. I I can't wait to get down there. And November in Tampa. It's kind of like perfect, right? Are you there? Oh, what happened? Are you there? Are you are you just joking that you're frozen? Oh, come on. Where are you at? Come back to me, Danny. Come back to me, Danny. This has never happened.
All right. Uh, hmm. This is weird. Never happened. And there you're gone. Okay. So we're going to stop this recording. All right. So uh, welcome back uh, to the, to the May the Smoke Be With You podcast. Yeah, this, this was crazy. So uh, I've recorded a lot of these using uh, this online studio thing. Uh, and I'm and, I, and we were just kind of talking about me uh, being super excited to come down and be uh, there in person at Barbecue Love Fest. And I, I get done with this great answer, super eloquent. Uh, and I and I look up and Danny's face is just frozen. And I thought maybe he was just like super emotional and he just couldn't 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 form any words after my answer. Uh, but the fact was his, his computer just like everything just shut down on him. And he was like, what is happening? So uh, again, this just goes back to there are forces that just don't want us to connect, Danny. And we are fighting those back throughout this podcast, just getting here and then now fighting it uh, through to the end. Hey, but, we're going to keep battling. And I'm going to see you next time I see you is going to be in November 18th with a whole lot of smoke in the air, bro. That's right. And November 18th, November in Tampa, it's kind of perfect, right? It's going to be beautiful. Honest to gosh, the we're expecting this Sunday to be that first break of the weather. And don't get me wrong, summer's been hot, same way it's been hot all through Texas, all the South and everywhere else in this yeah. damn country. It's been crazy hot this summer. Uh, the reality is we're expecting it, the weather to really turn. We end up with one of those days in the 70s. And you've got 25, 30 pits lit up, and hopefully you have a cold beer or a cold ranch rider in your hand and some great barbecue. It's going to be spectacular. Got a bunch of live music on the stage and, again, three amazing causes. So super, super thrilled to have everybody out. And um, the list of guests is starting to get bigger and a little heftier, and I think it's just going to be awesome. If if we could be the epicenter of barbecue in the state of Florida right here in Tampa, Florida, for that one day, I think it's going to be great, a great start of things. So in addition, you know, you've got – so if somebody shows up, they, they buy a ticket. Sometimes at these barbecue competitions, you're not eating the barbecue. Oh. Uh, but here, it sounds like it's a little different. People are going to be able to sample what is being cooked uh, all day. 100%. The, um, our goal, and I don't refer to it because of another barbecue joint or another barbecue event in this town that has, that's turned into a massive concert. And unfortunately it's a lot of great, great music with the little barbecue and don't get me wrong. They, they've done amazing things within, they've raised millions mm -hmm. and millions of dollars. So it's super enviable and I always wish them the best and we're a great supporter of it. Uh, but the reality is our mission here is to spread the love of barbecue. So I want you to leave with a lot of barbecue and a little bit of great music, hopefully some great, great drinks, and hopefully you leave as full as a tick. Uh, so for <laughs> that GA ticket, and what's really cool about it is that when you come up to a team that's cooking, you're actually, you're voting for that team. You've got a wood token in your hand that you're going to put in there. So it's not eight judges in a tent. It's not 30 judges in a tent or public figures. It's not a KCBS equation. It's none of that. It's the general public that's trying that piece of pork belly. He's going to tell you whether it's good or it's not, or it got its butt kicked by the brisket next door. Um, yeah. And that's what's really fun. So again, starting at 11 a.m., gates are going to open up. Uh, gates will close around 6 p.m. with awards. Got some great music on the stage as well. Um, it's going to be a fun day. It really is. I can't wait. 
talk to me a little bit about the uh, the charities that you're supporting and kind of and where that where that money is going to go. The um, support one hundred percent. Our commitment as a non for profit is that one hundred percent of these dollars go back to these three amazing causes. And I'll tell you briefly about them, and I'll try to hold back some tears. I've got a dear dear buddy who's got two beautiful daughters that. When I first met, they were willing and able and walking. And unfortunately, these two girls are wheelchair bound right now. And the disease is called Friedrich's Ataxia. Uh, there's a research alliance. And this gentleman has made the real strong decision and courageous decision of saying, hey, we're not just going to travel the world finding the best doctors. We're going to tra- travel the world to find patients. We're going to go ahead and make this most robust research alliance. We're going to focus on curing this disease, and it's not just me curing my two daughters. And that's mm-hmm. him speaking. I've got two beautiful daughters that I look at every day, and that's my greatest blessing. I mean, if I've, if uh, you have no idea, stop. Uh, yeah. Nine, nine <laughs> and eleven years old, and that's that's mm-hmm. that's the finest brisket. That's the prettiest craft ever. That's I mean, forget being a pit master. Um, yeah, my wife's done an amazing job. Don't let me fool you. Um, <laughs> But that being said, I know it. I know exactly what that's like. I mean, there's I nothing. Exactly there's nothing bigger than that, right? And uh, this guy and everybody behind Farah has dedicated their lives to finding a cure, finding a cure. So back February 28th, I got it. I'll, I'll share this victory with you. Farah hasn't been around forever. Farah's been around. I want to say it's a real short 15 years. I want to say somewhere around there. And don't quote me on that. But in the worlds of of pharma, that's nothing. Um, that is absolutely nothing. You can't cure a disease unless you find patients. You can't cure a disease unless you have billions and billions of dollars and pharma's not looking at it. Well, February 28th, these guys announced the first FDA approved drug that doesn't cure it, but will slow it down. Mm. And right now everything is a race against the clock. So you imagine looking at a parent, looking at a patient and saying, Hey, Thanks to you and thanks to everything that y'all have done in this drug, it may buy you three years, four years, five years. Guess what? Could we cure it in that time? So again, it goes back to whether it's a charity golf tournament or a charity tennis or a clay shoot or whatever it is. Our passion is barbecue and we want to use that passion and those tools that we have and those gifts that God's given us uh, to support amazing causes like Farah. Um, second amazing cause is Special Ops Memorial Fund Foundation, um, gentleman by the name of Troy DeLand that leads that and his wife, Lori. Um, that wall, that memorial exists behind the walls of McDill Air Force Base right here in Tampa, Florida. We've got a great military community that we love and support, and there's mm-hmm. going to be some amazing discount codes. We've got an amazing sponsor called MCS that is almost going to create a welcome tent for all military and first responders. Uh, we've got Very a couple cool. of cook teams that are actually uh, first responders, uh, firefighters, and uh, Hillsborough County sheriffs and Tampa deputies. So it's going to be a real great mix. Um, so we're supporting raising some dollars for those guys and their initiative. And of course, everybody knows Operation Barbecue Relief because Lord knows that yeah. those guys have fed millions and millions of people in need. Uh, and it's super important to have them involved. We've got some amazing sponsors like Cisco, uh, Certified Angus Beef, um, Yeti, Tito's Vodka, Ranch Rider. I can go on and on. The support has been absolutely amazing. Cool. And uh, we talked about this briefly, but I, I think there's an opportunity for some folks to 
to maybe get a grill that day at, at a discounted price as well if they attend, yeah? I'm overwhelmed. I really am overwhelmed by Primo's generosity. Uh, Primo, and we've got a, pu- a press release that's coming out to announce this. We're at the six-week mark right now, and we're going to be screaming it for the next six weeks from the highest mountainside or hilltop that we could find. Um, Primo has blessed us with 20 XL all-in-one grills, retail value of $2,500 approximately, to literally bring them to Tampa. I believe they're cooking on them once. I think it's at the back, mm-hmm. actually. Okay. And from yeah. there, they're heading straight down to Tampa, Florida. We are going to have one in every single team. So every single cook team is going to have a wild card option that they're going to cook. And as long as it gets kissed by that Primo, it's going to be in contention for a $1,000 cash prize coming off of that Primo. And Very those cool. Primo grills are going to be sold at a absolutely ridiculous price that I can't even tell you right now. But I'm telling you, the savings are absolutely massive for a grill that's been used once. Still same exact lifetime warranty. It's going to be absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. And every single net dollar from those sales is going to go back to these three amazing causes. If, uh, if somebody hears this or reads that press release uh, and wants to kind of claim one of those, do, do they contact you at the shop? Percent. Reach out, grill okay. provisions, ask for Danny, ask for Tim, ask for Corey. We'd love to help you with that. Uh, they're going to go fast. I mean, we've actually had a couple mm-hmm. agencies reach out and say, hey, I may want to take five or six because we're trying to spread the wealth with the community and do some charitable work and all that. So they're, they're, it's going to happen quickly. So please, if you if you do have an interest in having, like I said, again, the only ceramic grill made in America, the best I've ever used in your backyard, please reach out because it'd be one heck of an opportunity. Very cool. Well, uh, we share we share our love of of Primo. It's uh, it's a great great product, uh, unique in its design that it's oval, that it's not round, uh, gives you more usable cook surface, true two zone cooking. Uh, and like you, I am thoroughly impressed that these guys are continuing to make this product one hundred percent start to finish in the U.S. Not assembled exactly. in the U.S., but from a seven-ingredient slip, a bunch of powder going into this, crazy, right? uh, in, into mixers, and out the other end comes uh, these mixers, right? Or these uh, these grills and Poplar Bluff. It's it's and the, and, the, and the fact that you get to meet the family behind it, right? I mean, Empire mm-hmm. is absolutely amazing. I mean, their their commitment to it, um, and it's not just it's not on a piece of paper. It's not a lot of talk. It is there is a family that stands behind this that is multi-generational that has employed people in Illinois and Missouri for years and years and years and years and yep. generations later they're still doing it and putting their product at the forefront of doing the right thing with it is really amazing to me. So they they they've definitely they've definitely earned our love. Yeah. Well, if uh, folks want to find out more information about uh, barbecue love fest and grill and provisions. Where, where should they head? The um, www.bbqlovefest.com. Um, tickets are readily available. If someone goes to grillandprovisions.com, they could definitely check out our hours. Come visit the store. Um, the brisket shop. That's S H O P P E because we're special like that. Yeah, um, you need two P's. Yeah, right, we're so damn special. We need two P's. Um, <laughs> We'd love to have you, especially on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, so you can taste that brisket. And um, 
hopefully you come find us with the cold drink in your hand and come join us by the pit. Sounds great. Well, man, I uh, truly appreciate you taking the time. It's been amazing to get to know you and I can't wait to get down there to Tampa and, uh, and, and watch you do your thing and experience this great, great festival. Uh, it's going to be great. So, uh, what actually there's, I I forgot. Stop. There's a few, no, there's a few questions. I, 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 this is horrible. Uh, this is just, (laughs) Hey, wait a second. I think my computer's about to die, man. Oh my (laughs) word. Are you serious? (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Okay. All right. So may the smoke be with you has, uh, we pay a little bit of homage to star Wars. Uh, so quick question. Are you a star Wars fan? (laughs) You want an honest answer from a Cuban? I mean, yeah, I barely spoke English. Um, I, I can't, I can't tell you that I'm the most massive Star Wars fan. Come on, bro. Okay, think, that's think that's fine. That. Spanish English is a second language to me. Well, I, you know, I mean, R two D two, Chewbacca. I get it, bro. I totally get it. Yeah, because they spoke. Nobody could understand <laughs> them, and, and you couldn't. You couldn't either. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> all right. So cool. You don't don't like Star Wars. I didn't say um, I didn't like it. I'm just saying. <laughs> Um, it's not going to be my Jeopardy ca- category. How's that? You're not going uh, 200 for uh, Star Wars. No. Um, all right. So I won't ask you what your favorite movie, your favorite character are. You just named two, so that's good. At least you know a couple characters. Right. Um, so if uh, if you're out there on the grill and you're uh, you're in the backyard and you're cooking on your Primo, what 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 are you listening to? What are you what are you jamming out to? Ooh, I love a little David Gray. I love Dave Matthews. Um, I'm probably chilling out to sort of a chill vibe like that. If it's not country music, it's going to be one of those two guys. Um, okay. And it's usually with the girls. Um, if I'm in my truck, I hate to say it, man. I'm going to age myself. I'm going to date myself. But some good old Stevie B and the things that we grew up with in the late 80s and early 90s, um, some great R&B. Um, okay. Country music. You walk into the shop, it's country music. That's, that's billowing. And with that smoke and it's what we're mostly listening to around here. Now, is this, uh, is this new country or is this, uh, like old, are we... old country broke? Okay, good. Uh, All right, good. George Strait. We I... just got, had an opportunity to go see George Strait right here. Ray J. And it was absolutely amazing. The fact that that guy is still kicking it the way he is. Um, don't get me wrong. I love Eric church. Um, yeah. but some classic country in the days we grew up with the Travis Tritt and Vince Gills and George Strait. And those are the days of just really being a Cuban redneck. Um, yeah. And, and how awesome does George Strait still sound? Oh, like gosh, it it's, it's like, you're just listening to his, outrageous. to a CD. It, it really was. Yeah. I was like, how old is this guy? I'm like, yeah. man, I'm looking at my gray hair. I'm like, man, I got to do something about this. Cause I mean, this guy's <laughs> in shape. It was really cool. Uh, he's great. So uh, you're listening maybe to country, maybe, uh, and what are you, what are you drinking? Mm, the, um, hate to say it, if you're in front of the grill and it's during the day and during the summer, my go-to was a ranch rider. Um, okay. Straight out of Austin, Texas. Those guys have been amazing. We carry them in the shop. We've grown really close to the brand. Uh, three ingredients, low cows, uh, no artificial, none of the artificial sweeteners. It's tequila, a little bit of lime, club soda. Um, that's a great summer go-to, but now if I'm growing that great ribeye and some asparagus and maybe some Brussels sprouts, I've got to have a glass of red wine and, um, I'm with you. Yes. Especially, I think that's, as I'm getting older, I think that's the go-to. And, and now that you sell it at your shop, like you, you get it at a wholesale, buddy. That's amazing. Uh, wait a second. I got something for you when you show up, buddy. Oh, uh, we got a brand, right. brand new shipment of Camus just came in. <laughs> All right. Sweet. Well, um, this really has been amazing. 
I'm going to close this for the second time. Uh, <laughs> thanks a lot. Look forward to seeing you uh, here in just a few short weeks. Guys, check out this. Uh, check out the website, barbecuelovefest.com, grillandprovisions.com. It'll take you to everything you need to know. Uh, and if you're in the Tampa area, need a grill, need a steak, need a good bottle of wine, Danny's your guy. Let's do it. Thanks a lot. All right. May the smoke be with you. Sure, I appreciate you. Likewise, brother. Thanks. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the May the Smoke Be With You podcast with Joe Levitt.